Welcome to the 10 of Those podcast. This is a podcast for readers seeking to learn more about the wonderful world of Christian literature. My name's Rob and I'm joined today again by Jonathan and today we're talking about a big element of 10 of Those which is events. Isn't that right Jonathan? Yeah big part of what we do on both sides US and UK yeah events are a uh, a big labour of, of love and joy. They, um, they're hard work, as you know, because that's what you joined us to, to do. But um, um, yeah, events are, a, I think, are a really important part of our ministry of what we do. I've got to say, the events team is really the only part of 10 of those that I really dug deep into. There's so many elements of it, but being out on the road so much, um, oh, I loved events. Uh, meeting so many different people, sharing just uh, the goodness of God with people. Um, and, and you get to do that at, a, at an event, of course, because these, we call them events, but of course they're, um, they're ministries yeah. happening in different churches. Um, and when I joined 10 of those, I think the first event that I went to was probably an event of about 50 people. And I think I filled my car with uh, crates of books, uh, those, those crates that you see in Tesco's that your Tesco man brings to you. That's what we take around, isn't it? Yeah, it is in, uh, for, for the UK, that's how it yeah. is. For the US, it's um, pallets and they're shipped around the country. Um, yeah. yeah. We do events really of all sizes as well. So 50 people, 300 people. 10,000 people now, but um, yeah. Yeah, tell us about how some of that has come about because it's evolved a lot since I was with 10 of those. Um, I was traveling around the UK um, doing these smaller events really on my own, maybe an event of 100 people. um, And then every now and again, we'd have a larger conference, maybe 500 people. Um, And then once a year, generally Keswick was the one that I would go to, but we would do Word Alive as well, wouldn't we? So those are the bigger ones for us in the UK. And I was always amazed by the amount of work that went into uh, organising Keswick Convention, for example. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And these events, they can look... Um, perhaps glamorous in that you know you get a lot of people in a in a short space of time, but there is a lot of hard work that goes into it from picking the books to the logistics of it, etc. We we started doing events because we felt it was a strategic way to get books in front of people, so not just online, but in front of people and in front of everyone so okay conferences are a good way to connect with a lot of people but sunday services particularly for um those people that perhaps won't go to a conference or won't go to a a ministry event etc but will be there on sunday how do you get um books in front of them so we have a whole range of different events that we will take books to you've got the conferences You've got the sort of ministry get-togethers, maybe a a minister's conference or a minister's fraternal, even things like a a day away, um, so uh, a men's retreat, women's retreat, those sorts of things, Um, uh, and then the Sunday services, uh, as well as um, retreats like Keswick, which are a a much longer period of time. Um, And... Right from the start, I guess the, the the thing that you're looking for is well, what are the opportunities to um, to have 
us booked in. And so the events team need to connect with conference organizers. They need to share the vision of what we're doing. They need to explain how we do it. If you've never been to one of our event bookstores, then yeah, we'd set up, let's say we went to a church, we'd be setting up 10, 15, 20 tables of books, um, all of them carefully chosen. We can perhaps talk about how we do that in a minute, but um, have something for men, something for women, for kids, for parents, for grandparents, for singles, all, all ages and stages. Um, and uh, all uh, discounted prices, that's what we do. And then, yeah, as part of it, we'd make some recommendations. We'd talk to people about who we are, what we do, why we do it. And then we'd um, try and make some highlights as part of the uh, as part of the service or part of the program. Um, obviously, an event of 50 people is quite different from an event of 10,000. Um, but for the smaller events, it would involve one of our guys kind of picking what they're gonna um, what they're gonna take, um, thinking about what they're gonna recommend. Um, even just what is recommended is carefully picked. It isn't just a last minute. Oh, what what have I got some of that I need to? And uh, so we carefully have well, we have a process that we carefully go through on on what we recommend. Um, we we set it all up. We get there early. Sometimes we're traveling. You know, leave four or five in the morning to get there for a. Uh, eight o'clock to set up for a 10 o'clock Sunday morning service. You do the ser- Sunday services, you drive home, depending where it is in the, in the, um, in the country, you might not get home till 11 o'clock at night, but, um, but that is, yeah, that's the pattern of what we do and, and, and how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was my experience with, with 10 of those. Sometimes you can have three or four weeks of preparation, even months ahead of ordering the right books in, um, and th- there is there is really quite a, a thoughtful process that goes into deciding what will be the right books for people at an event, um, and that that really impressed me when I first came to ten of those. Just how you um, consider the needs of people at a conference, mm. and we're there to help to to serve people, and that that's that really impressed me. Uh, just the serving, serving, but there is so much behind the scenes. If you've never been to Leyland in the UK, and uh, I don't know if you have an equivalent, um, yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, in base in America, you Louisville, do. Somebody, yeah. you do. Uh, do you have a shop there? Yeah, we do. Yeah, come into. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. wow. Oh, I encourage you to get there. It's probably easier if you live in the UK to get to Leyland <laughs> than it is to get to Kentucky if you live in any part of, of the US, but. In Leyland there, you you see the shop, but also behind there, just stacks and stacks of thousands of books to choose from. And as an event team member, you're, you've got a lot to choose from. Yeah. And you gather those books off the shelves, we stack them into crates, put them on pallets, load the van, get tills ready. It's a real big... Um, a real big operation, setting up a bookstop, even a small one. So when we go to an event, in terms of the books we're recommending, we're thinking of multiple things. So who's going to be there? Is it, um, is it a women's conference? Is it a men's conference? Is it for seniors? Is it for students? All of these things play, play into uh, account. Um, we'll usually start with a biography, um, whether it be a minister's conference or a student's conference or whatever, because of my belief that you never graduate from biography. So we'll usually start with a biography, um, we'll then um, usually do something on the Christian life um, uh, to help people progress in their reading. 
Um, we want people to be stuck into God's word. So we'll, we'll often be doing a, a devotion uh, that's going to get people reading. We like to include things for kids, um, whether it's your own kids, just the kids in your, your life, nieces, nephews, um, people who live on your street, to encourage people to be thinking how they can share the good news uh, of Jesus to the next generation. Um, and we will always include something that is evangelistic. That's one of our main missions um, of, of encouraging people to think, okay, who can I be giving a book to? And we'll often use the line, uh, we want to encourage you to, to buy these, to then give them prayerfully and cheerfully. Um, this is a, a work that God needs to do as we go out and share them. Um, we'll often make the joke that, you know, if you can't afford it, um, but you promise to read it, just take it. We'll overcharge somebody else and it'll all balance out. While we joke about that, that is genuine. You know, we want people um, to be reading and we don't want money to be a hindrance. That even plays a, a part in in the books we pick in that, you know, we don't want to recommend all expensive books because, well, if people's budget's tight, that's alienating them. Equally, we are in business to do ministry, so we need to have a sustainable business to do this ministry. We can't just do one-pound books or, or $3 books because, you know, it's, it's cost balance. So we're, we're, we're thinking about the, the tension financially. We're also thinking about of the tension lengthwise. You know, have we only recommended long books? Well, what about the person who's never read a Christian book before? Um, you know, the last podcast we did was about... Um, Amy Carmichael and A Chance to Die. That's a 400 plus page book. Well, that's probably not where people are going to start. So is there a 64 page book that we might recommend? That would be So all of these things are coming into consideration and it may look like the book recommendation that you see us do, do is a little bit haphazard and whatever, but it actually, it, it, it has been thought through. There is a strategy behind it. Um, Equally, you know, if we're doing something over a few days, a conference that's over a few days, we'll probably move through that same pattern. But the first day we might do two or three biographies. Second day we might do a couple on Christian life, etc. So we're moving through that same pattern all the time. Um, when it comes to book plugs and book recommendations, if you've heard our team, you'll hopefully have noticed that we want to be enthusiastic and we want to be energetic. That's because we believe in what we're doing. We're not just recommending these books because, you know, it keeps us busy uh, and it pays the bills. We do this because we believe in it. And so we want that to come across. Um, we also try and involve humour because um, I think the book people are often seen as, all right, here, here comes the boring bit, you know, brace yourself. And we want to um, kind of blow that myth but human just allows us to connect. And so we we genuinely try and do that. And some of us um, struggle with it, me included. Um, but, but others just do it naturally. But we're trying to do it because we want to engage. Again, it comes back to the belief in what we're trying to do. And often churches will say, oh, well, I'm not sure I want, you know, a sort of commercial break in the middle of our worship service. Well, hopefully when you see what we do, it's it's not a commercial break break it is a seeking of building up the body of believers it's an opportunity to challenge people to read books that are going to uh, encourage them in their in their walk rather than a second-hand car salesman who's kind of quickly doing a pitch between you know the first and second hymn type thing um, and hopefully that comes across um, 
I think it does. But um, yeah, what else, Rob? Do you think um, plays a part in in doing events, large or small? I think being um, being sensitive to the uh, requests of the organisers as well, of course, yep. because these are these are ministries, churches, conferences that have spent a long time organising the conference often and who have very particular um, desired outcomes for their conference. Yeah. And I think just being very sensitive to that is important as well. Yeah. And of course, event organisers will usually send in some book requests. We do ask them for uh, if there are any particular books that they would like us yeah. to um, promote. It's not often that we say no. Uh, sometimes it's just not possible, is it? it either... Yeah. You know, there's not enough notice to ship them from whichever part of the world they need to come from or things like that. Um, but there is always a, I think there just always needs to be that deference to the uh, conference itself. We're there to serve. And when you're working with 10 of those all of the time, you, you don't ever want to become 10 of those centric that this is all about us. Actually, no, it's not at all, is it? This is all about serving people. Um, and pointing people to Jesus, which I, I love that that is one of the things that we say often. A book that points you to Jesus will change your life. Yeah. N- not not a book plug or a, or, or a good salesperson, but a meeting with Jesus through, yeah. through a book. Yeah. We'll often say as well, look, if you've already got this book and it's sat on your shelf and you have, well, dust it off and, and read it. This isn't about generating lots of sales. Um, it, it's really ultimately about people reading. Um, if 10 of those doesn't exist, that's that's not a problem. Uh, we, what we want to see is people reading and using books and um, uh, hopefully 10 of those is a means to do that. Obviously, when you when you pack up, uh, when, you, when you finish an event, those books then go back into their crates, they go back to the warehouse, they then get sorted again, put back into their place. And then we don't just have a, oh, you know, we go from this event and then whatever's left over, we take to the next. Each one is carefully curated. So if you see us at one event and then two weeks later, you see us at another, you will see us with obviously some of the same books, um, but, but something that will be totally different because that next conference is a little bit different. That audience is a little bit different. The recommendations we're making are different. So that that is a lot of um, the work that goes into uh, what we're doing is is this careful curation um, and about serving the conference. Uh, as Rob said, you know, we're there to serve them rather than the other way around. Um, also, it might be, you know, hey, we're doing a, um, we're at a large Anglican church one week and the following week, we're at a small, independent church in a in a rough background, you know, rough area. Well, they're going to need very different books. It's um, and so that is all part of of what we're um, choosing and and how we're selecting the books. Mm. Can you give us an idea then, just of how many events ten of those are part of, say during during a normal yeah. year now? Um, so it's around 200, 250 per country. So and the UK do about 250, the US do about 250. And the US is a bit of a different model. The, the, U, uh, the UK, we um, 
I think it's about 100 people plus we go to, though sometimes it's smaller. If we're going to an event and it's 100 people and then there's one, you know, the following day and it's only 50 people, I think, you know, we'd usually stay around for that. It's conferences, it's events, it's it's churches. In the US, just because of the geography, um, it, it's a little bit different. We really look at 300 um, people or more. Um, our largest event, I think, in the US has been uh, 12,500. Um but um uh yeah and is that twelve and a half thousand people over the course of three weeks no that was over the course of two and a half days so um <laughs> that that was crazy we uh, that was t4g which um happened back in april of of this year um yeah we sold um if i got, i think i've got this figure right 78 books every every minute we were open it's either 78 or 98. Anyway, it was a lot of books. And um, wow. the model there is quite different. For, a, for a, um, an event that size, um, we had just short of 40,000 square feet, I think. Um, so, which is about the, the size of a um, UK supermarket. And uh, we set up tables. Now, we work in partnership with publishers over here. So they will, they will come. They'll bring their stock. We'll have handpicked it. They'll have sent uh, um, their suggested list and we'll say yes or no. Um, but then they, as it were, operate from their tables, talking to people about uh, the books. But then it goes through our cash registers and uh, and we uh, report it and et cetera. And for these big conferences, it's um, it's done really in, in partnership with the conference. It's a means for them to subsidize um the the ticket prices and these sorts of things but logistically i mean that that's on a different scale so you were talking about going to your event and loading up your um your estate car well i think t4g was something like 115 pallets um not including the tables so you know the scale is just quite different it means you know your legs are worked as you kind of pull these around this this um, uh, conference center, convention center kind of floor plan, and uh, yeah, they, your legs burn for about three weeks afterwards. But um, yeah, amazing scale, really. Um, but it's still a drop in the ocean as well. You know, an event like that can sell tens and tens of thousands, but um, there's 385 million people in in America. That's um, you know so. We got to get a lot of books out to uh, to reach them all, but um, and then yeah. yeah, we pack it all up and go on to the next one. Now, in in the UK, one thing that people often say is that bookshops are closing down. Christian bookshops are closing down, yeah. and so this really is their often one opportunity to see Christian books laid yeah. out and yeah. choose and to have a conversation with somebody. Is that the same where you are at the moment? Same in the US? Yeah, I mean, we, we've we had a lot of flack about it um, in that, um, you know, it, us doing these pop-up events, are we to blame for the closure of, of bookstores and this sort of thing? I, I don't think we are. Um, I think that was long in the sort of um, trajectory um, before, before we were starting to do events. For us, it's this belief of, yeah, we need to take books out to where people are rather than waiting for them to come in. Um, it's why we do church events. People may not even get to a conference, so let's go to a church. Yes, I think it is similar in the States now. Um, there was one major um, bookstore provider in the 
uh, in the US called Lifeway, and they closed all their stores, I think 256. It's a sort of similar situation to what happened in the UK with, with um, Wes Lewin. Um, so yes, um, they, they have closed um, quite dramatically, but I think that's to do with the internet rather than pop-up events. I actually think events can do more to encourage the hunger and desire to then seek out even more books um, in a way that internet sales don't do that. So often churches will say, oh, well, we already have a little bookstore in our um, in the lobby area or this sort of stuff. Well, um, having us come and do a pop-up bookstore only sort of encourages that. And in the weeks after we've been, churches will often find that their their little sort of book in a nook or whatever they've got um, sells even more than they used to sell because of us raising the temperature and attention that books are getting. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I think as well, we'll be doing a podcast at some point, I'm sure, about the developing a culture of reading in your church and, of course, bringing along a, a bookstall in the way that we do develops that amongst people doesn't it already yeah. they the people are already hungry for resources like these and so to to keep that alive in a church yeah. once once you've had a bookstore one thing i'd say about about it and a culture of reading is we can our staff can tell uh if the leadership are readers and if the leadership are um are promoting books we can tell that um, just by how the church family interact uh, when we bring a bookstore. And I have to say, it's one of the most enjoyable things to see a church family hungry for books. And when an older Christian maybe uh, finds a, a younger Christian and say, oh, have you read this one? What about this one? This one's going to bless you. That is a delight to see. But, you know, if you're a minister listening to this, I would really encourage you are you are you quoting from books in your sermons are you reading books for your own christian development are you recommending which authors to be reading do you have a book group group these sorts of things because it shows in your people um and you know we we see that when when we arrive so i would encourage you if you're doing that keep going because it is a it's a long process um it takes time but um but if you're doing it it's really beautiful to see um, see when it, it's working. Mm. I think most people read books because they've been recommended a book, or they or the author's been recommended, or may, maybe even there's just been an advert advert popped up on Facebook or something yeah. for a book. So most people gravitate towards authors or books because yeah. of recommendations, and that's what we do at events. What's the? I mean, how much of of a difference does it make if you recommend a book over a book perhaps that's on the bookstore that's not been recommended? Yeah. Uh, makes a huge difference. Um, it depends on the size of the conference, etc. cetera, but um, four, five, six, seven times um, the number will sell of that title than the one that's next to it that's not been recommended but is available. Um, hmm. Recommendations are a massive way um, to, to see people purchase books and we trust read them i think that's one of the questions i get is like oh is it just people buying books well if they are then you know they 
they're kind of careless with their money in that they then keep coming and buying. And I, I, I do recognise that there's a little bit of, oh, that's still on my shelf. But I do think books are getting read because, as you say, books are then getting recommended of, oh, yeah, I've read that one. You, yeah, I've really enjoyed that one, etc. Um, but the recommendations are, are very, very important. As are the mm. recommendations to, oh, I wouldn't read that one if I were you, um, for this reason or that reason. Um, it's... It's coming alongside each other and helping each other. And that's what the recommendation at the front is all about. It's just done in quite a public way rather than a a one-on-one. But then part of our work, as you touched upon, is is doing that one-on-one work of, um, you know, somebody coming up and saying, oh, I've got this issue or I've got this person that I'm looking for a book for. What would you recommend? And being able to minister to them in that way. Um, that That's a huge part of the work. But So both mm-hmm. public and on the one-on-one level. I ask really because you talked about pastors in churches or church leaders um, letting their congregations know what are good books to read. It really, really will make a difference to what people do pick up and read. And if they're not hearing from somebody at the front in church, they'll be hearing from somewhere. Something will be drawing our attention um, and putting a demand on our time and on our reading time. I think also as individuals, if you are somebody maybe who finds it difficult to share your faith or um, not necessarily a great conversationalist or wondering maybe how to kick off conversations. I think it's a very good non-threatening way to share your faith because you're not preaching necessarily to somebody. You're saying, you know, I read this book and it was really helpful Mm. to me. Mm. Or you know somebody who's going through a situation and you know a book that will bring some help from a Christian perspective. Um, I, I think it's a really good and easy way to begin to share our faith with people, particularly if they're books that have helped us, yeah. because that's very, very non-threatening, isn't it? Yeah. This book helped me. It changed me. It, it worked something in me when I was going through a difficult time or or whatever. And it's something the whole church family can be doing. It's not, you know, oh, you need to have this theological training or that. No, just, you know, just be talking, just be sharing. And uh, yeah, so... Um, people will often ask if we charge to come to our event. It's you know we don't. It's just um, <laughs> I mean feel free, <laughs> feel free to pay us if you like. But no, we don't charge, and we you know we try and do it in a way that keeps our costs low. So we'll try and stay with a church family member rather than being in a hotel or whatever. All about keeping our our costs low. People I think think ro- the uh, life on the road is a glamorous lifestyle. I Rob, I'm sure you can reassure people it, it absolutely isn't. The other day, I was um, I was joking with our kids about how oh, they could sleep in the car, and uh, I said, "Oh, Daddy's done that a few times." You know, as he goes, they couldn't believe it. Well, it's true. It's um, life on the road is is not as glamorous as it might appear. And Rob, you can no. vouch for that. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. But it's so exciting, isn't it? It is that kind of, there's a real thrill to it. Uh, I do wish that we could open up the curtains and let people see and be part of it because there's something about packing up your van at the end of the day and you know that you've helped somebody, you've ministered to people. And I've been at bookstores where we've shed tears together. You know, people have asked for resources, asked for help in certain areas and you've been able to really point them to something that's going to help them and 
yeah being able to pray with people in book in the bookstore and gone from that gone from the the, the beautiful part of that to then you know pushing a, a a trolley full of crates in the middle of the night in the rain that then falls over yeah <laughs> yes i saw i saw a facebook memory the other week of um, a venue that i'd obviously been at and taken a photo of <laughs> it was just stairs and <laughs> it was obviously that was my loading route and uh yeah um i i've had three yeah. hernia operations and uh Three, book, three, and the books to blame. <laughs> um, I've also had days where all three meals have been McDonald's, and um, that was a rough day. <laughs> yeah, but that's life on the road. So anyway, that gives people a little window, I guess, yes. into um, yeah the life of of some events. Well, thanks, Jonathan. That's great. If you would like to book a ten of those events, how would you go about doing that? Yeah, just drop us an email. Um, probably the easiest is mine, Jonathan at tenofthose.com, and um, just say whether you're in the UK or the US, and then I can send it the, the to the right team. But uh, yeah, we'd love to do it in the UK, hundred people or more. In the US, three hundred people or more. And if we can stay for your Sunday services, you may say, oh, well, our, our women's event is 200 people, say, on the Saturday. Yep, yeah, but we get 500 for the Sunday service. Great, let's do both, and, uh, and that would make it work. So Jonathan at 10 com. We book about nine to 12 months in advance. So if it's less time than that, try us. But um, ideally, we need that amount of time to get it in the calendar. If you have never done that, I'd encourage you to do it because it really does bring a great dimension to a conference or to a, a Sunday morning uh, and something that I think will last for people. Jonathan, great. It's brought some happy memories back to me as well. I wish we could share them all. I mean, I've got lots of, uh, yeah, they're not, no, they're not for sharing. No, no. But wow, wow. Great, great. What a blessing to be able to serve people in this way. And um, I know you work really hard, so I know that you would appreciate people's prayers and uh, any encouragement as well you know I think in any line of uh, work or ministry it's often um, it's often harder to share a complaint than it is to share a compliment and um, yeah just uh, I'd like to encourage you guys to carry on I'm not part of 10 of those so much anymore but thanks again for listening to this episode of the 10 of those podcast and until next time keep on reading books that point you to Jesus Jesus